now that I'm married, obviously, I looking back in hindsight, these questions yeah. are important. You know, you might think that they uh, they're weird when you're actually asking the question at the time, but when you're actually married to the person and you're living with that person day in day out, you realize just how important these kind of questions are uh, to mm. really get to know that person. Assalamu alaikum, sisters, and welcome to Real Muslima Talk. I'm your host, Um Abdurrahman, and on this podcast, we'll pull back the curtains, take down the barriers, and have raw, insightful, and honest conversations on living as a Muslima in our modern society. We'll discuss everything from spirituality to mental health, from marriage to growth, and much, much more. So sit back, relax, grab yourself a coffee, and let's have a heart-to-heart here on Real Muslima Talk. If you enjoy the podcast, head over to our Instagram page at Real Muslima Talk and join the conversation. On this episode, we'll be continuing on from where we left off on the previous episode, discussing meeting the prospect and potential questions to ask. Did you have your questions prepared before this? or? Okay, so um, yes, I, I, I did. I had... I, so I had lots of questions and in fact I had gotten them off a Muslim uh, dating website or something. Uh, you know you get those Muslim matchmaking websites. I had actually written down the the questions from that website and I had written down the questions that I wanted to ask. Oh wow, so you were well prepared. Yeah. I, I was quite prepared. Yeah, yeah I was quite prepared. But having said that, my first meeting only lasted 15 minutes. Wow, maybe maybe even less. I think because I was taken aback. Like, okay, so I'll give you an example. So I'm I've married like a sheikh. Um, he's an imam of the masjid and he's an alim. And he began the interview, the interview, the meeting. He began with Bismillah, which actually we should all be doing. We should all be saying Bismillahirrahmanirrahim before anything that we do. But in this instance, I wasn't expecting that, so I was already shocked. And then the first question, he didn't even ask me how I'm doing. I mean, isn't that what you do? He jumped straight on to do I pray five times a day. And I was oh just <laughs> I was just speechless. I had I had all you know, I had like two two papers of questions that I had written down and I didn't know what to ask anymore. And the thing is I'm very rarely speechless, but in that meeting I just had nothing to say because I was just I don't know, it was just shocking. I was just still recovering from what had just happened in those first few minutes. So, I mean, for, for you to be shocked, there clearly must have been some expectation of how this was going to go, right? What did you think? How was it going to go? No, so I wasn't expecting, like, I knew that, you know, the prayers were going to come into it. But I thought, you know, later on, I thought it was going to be like the small talk first. because. You know, whether someone prays five times a day, I think that's a very personal question because that's between you and Allah. And uh, like, you know, we've already established the fact that I'm quite private, so I don't really like discussing a lot of things about myself. So for somebody to ask me, do I pray five times a day? I mean, yes, I am punctual and I try my best to be, but if for somebody, for a stranger to ask that, for me was quite shocking. But yeah, you I think, think... Yeah, thinking yeah, of yeah. it, I'm actually... Um, 
putting myself in your position right now and I'm trying uh -huh. to think and yeah it would be quite daunting I mean imagine that you're meeting somebody for the first time and this could potentially be your you know your life partner and then all yeah. of a sudden it's like bismillahirrahmanirrahim okay so do yeah. you pray <laughs> yeah like, yeah that is come on you know this isn't a lecture but yeah I don't know yeah I guess um so yeah sometimes it's it's interesting to you know for especially sisters who aren't yet in that position but they probably will be in the future is to know that literally anything and e everything like could happen you know what i mean it doesn't have to go a certain way it could be because remember this person is technically a stranger right so they're going to have their own you know methods of doing things and that gives you in a sense a taste of the the marriage you know to come because for mm -hmm. example um if a person i don't know did that now that you're married obviously does that mm -hmm. did that show that okay maybe he's a bit of a straightforward person or yeah to, you know what to be honest with you in hindsight i feel every meeting should begin with bismillah regardless of what it is and in fact that that inspired me because now no matter what I do, it can be the smallest of things. I always say Bismillah, like I can be switching a switch off and I'll be saying Bismillah. And I do think that it was inspired by, by what had happened that day. I mean, I don't think it happened immediately, but I know that it did happen with time. Yeah, the inspiration you mean? Yeah, yeah. But what about, I'm saying the fact that because he asked, he already had like what he wanted to ask and he started asking mm -hmm. that before any like small mm -hmm. talk. Now mm -hmm. being married to him, does that mean that for example, he is kind of like a straightforward person, meaning from that, yes, what you gathered so. from that. Yeah, I would get from that. I could, yeah, I could gauge that this person's quite straightforward. Yeah. So that's yeah. that. That was what I was trying to get at because the thing is that sometimes uh, things happen, right? And mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the in the moment, we don't take the lesson and we don't reflect on it. But I think. Mm -hmm if we take that time and reflect on it and try and mm -hmm. uh, you know extract from any little thing try and gauge okay what does this say about the person's character the way that they think mm -hmm. i mean that is going to tell you more than actually what's come like what they're saying you know meaning for example if they are claiming that you know yeah i do pray five times a day or do this do that uh, more so how they approach the the whole meeting isn't it Mm, mm, yeah definitely yeah so uh so then how come it uh ended so quickly because you were just had nothing to say I, I <laughs> think, just... yeah i had nothing to say so i think he must have felt like he was asking all the questions because he was and even my responses they weren't detailed i think they were just more yes and no and very simple and straightforward as well so i think i i can't remember it's quite fuzzy but those, you know, what I mentioned, the first few minutes, that's all I remember very, very clearly. And the rest of the 10 minutes or whatever it was, I, I don't even remember it because I, so I you're have saying, absolutely no idea. Yeah, so I'm interesting. saying. So you're saying that um, basically you, you can't really remember, but it was mainly him asking the questions. Yes, yes, yes. And then how, um, did, you, like, how did the meeting end and how did you find it then? at the end like how well, did you I can't remember but I think it was him that concluded it I think he said something about uh, maybe we can call it a day or something I don't know but it was quite abrupt as well even the ending was quite oh, wow. abrupt <laughs> so after that I was just like 
oh my goodness, you know, I knew this was a bad idea, you know, um, who does these Skype ridiculous things, you know, it's such a silly thing to do. And like, you know, I was all like, I was right and you guys were wrong. And I was telling my dad and my mom, and there was this one friend that, you know, knew about it and stuff. So, I, you know, I had discussed my questions with her beforehand and everything, and I was telling her. And then she, I think the really good thing about having a friend that's, you know, um, that's quite, open-minded is that they will tell you like they will call you out so she said to me yeah. but it was only 10 minutes you can give it another go like when the elders were telling me that when like the middle person was telling me that and the rest were telling me that I was like oh whatever but when when my friend told me that I was like oh what she's actually making sense I think because mm -hmm. you're more on the same wavelength or the same age yeah. you're you you think the same way so you considered having uh, a second meeting Yes, so um, when I really thought about it, um, you know, I'd say even the internet, it wasn't very clear. Um, the screen was quite blurry. Um, and th there were a few other things. And upon reflection, I think we both decided, well, I don't know what he had decided, but then I decided that, yeah, you know what, we should, we should uh, do this again to see. Okay. So then I think, yeah, so then I think we had another meeting maybe like about two weeks later. I, I can't remember, but it was probably about two weeks later. And this time it was rather smooth, alhamdulillah. So this time were you able to then ask your questions that you had prepared? Yeah, so this time I don't know how Allah made it easy, but, uh, you know, I, he just did and it was just so much easier and I don't remember how it began or anything like that but I do remember the questions I asked the questions he asked me and how um, the conversation flowed from question to question there'd be you know sub questions and things like that so it was it was a much it was a much more peaceful meeting I was a bit more relaxed um, how long I did it I'd last also, I can't remember but I think maybe like less than two hours oh wow so a that long time a, that's yeah, an a long time yeah. yeah yeah it was quite in depth yeah because i think once you start talking and once you get comfortable then you're okay asking more and more questions and uh, yeah. getting to know each other mm. so um tell us what kind of questions that you asked and had prepared uh, if I go into the questions I had asked and prepared, this podcast will carry on for about maybe more than two hours. But what I'll do is I'll discuss some of the questions that were on my paper, some of the questions I did ask him and some of the questions I didn't ask him. And some of the questions, they just came out spontaneously during the meeting. Okay, yeah, I think that's and, better. Uh, yeah, so initially, um, it was just small talk, you know, how old are you? Um, what languages do you speak? What have you studied? How do you like to spend your free time? Um, like in terms of free time, you know, do you like socializing? Do you like entertaining guests? Do you like going out? What kind of activities? Um, hobbies, ideal holidays. So like one of the questions is describe your ideal holiday because, um, you know, everyone has a different kind of a holiday that they, they would enjoy. Um, daily routine, the weekend, extra activities, and you know, just that kind of stuff. Just just kind of getting to know the person. Yeah. And then okay. once that kind of, yeah, yeah. And then as, as the meeting progressed, um, you know, I got into, I got into like the nitty gritty. Oh, well, we both did. So like, 
um, what do you wish to achieve from life spiritually, materialistically, uh, and what do you expect to, to achieve in life in the near future, in five years' time, in 10 years' time, in two, three decades' time, that kind of stuff. Of course, you know, wallahu khayrul makirin, but you know, we do we do have plans in our minds of how we want our life to pan out. So, um, you know, I was curious to know, of course, if I was going to spend my life with this person. Um, and then I did ask about, you know, his social life and his uh, his stance on friendships and going out and how often, because I think that that's really important in a marriage mm -hmm. because some people, they get married and they expect things not to change and they they want things to remain exactly the same. When, when they don't realize that, hang on a second, um, my life is different now and I am going to have to change things. Things cannot remain the same. So, um, so when you're saying that people expect it to remain the same, what do you mean? Like mm -hmm. if the person is outgoing, then they expect it to expect themselves to, you know, carry on being outgoing after they get married. Yes. So I'm not saying that you can't carry on being outgoing, but like there are some guys and even girls as well they get together with their friends nearly every day, um, you know, after work or whatever, in the evenings, uh, things like that don't work after a marriage. And if they do, I mean, yeah, you, you know, you, from, from the exterior, you might see that there's a couple and the husband or the wife is always out in the evenings every single day with their friends or what have you, but you don't know what goes on behind closed doors, you know? maybe she does have a problem with it or maybe he does have a problem with it and it's something that you know they've really got to kind of you know work around um so yeah i mean these kinds of questions were 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 rather important for me i i needed to know where he was at in regards to um things like this yeah and i think also knowing that is quite important because what happens is after marriage, like you said, you know, sometimes people have this expectation that, oh, you know, my husband's going to be with me and do this and that with me. But mm -hmm. um, it turns out that the, he's not even that type of a person. So he does, mm -hmm. he actually prefers to, for example, maybe if it's a walk to go on his own, for example, mm -hmm. or, or any anything, you know what I mean? So it's yeah. really getting to know the character and um, oh, definitely. You know, the person inside out, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. So that's really important. So the next, yeah. Yeah, and then I asked questions like, how would you describe yourself? Um, and then I think I remember this part of the meeting. I think he said something like, what do you mean? So then I said like, no. So like, would you say you're a happy person? Would you say you're moody? Would you say you're angry? Would you say you're calm, shy, confident, patient, enthusiastic, motivated, stubborn, flexible? You know, I just gave a list of words. I don't think it was exactly these words, but you know do you, you think uh do you think he, uh, do you think people would reply to that in a like in an honest manner um i think it depends on you as a person like i think with both of us we were quite honest because we didn't want to both of us we we do hold the same like principles and values so and i could see that through the meeting because none of us painted a picture of we none of us glorified ourselves so like, for example, when he said to me, like, how would you describe yourself? I actually think I said to him that my elders think I talk back and that I have an attitude problem. Like I just told him because I didn't want to make myself seem like I'm this perfect person. And then like we did end up getting married and then he'd be like, hang on, you know, what is wrong with you? Why do you talk back so much? Or why do you do this? And why do you do that? So I think yeah. 
I think it depends on you as a person. You yourself need to be honest. And if the opposite person is honest, that's between them and Allah. But you yourself have to be true to yourself and you have to try and paint a very realistic picture. It shouldn't be photoshopped. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, but obviously, I'm just... I definitely agree with asking those kind of questions, but it's just obviously, you know, you have the one side where some someone, you know, can be honest and someone can be dis dishonest. And then what, like, how do you go about that? You know what I mean? Because then they mm. would have painted this picture of themselves. And mm. it's it's sad because then once you're married, maybe all that is all that facade kind of is gone and you see a person yeah. for what they are. Mm. so yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does get difficult yeah I think mm. it's just to be wary and to know like I think you can also sense it in a person like you said because you were vulnerable and you were honest so that and you saw that he wasn't painting a glorious picture of himself either and I feel mm. like if a person is more willing to um you know share some of their weaknesses or for example like if they revealed maybe they were moody or they're stubborn so it kind of you already get that sense and that gut feeling that okay this person is you know trying to be honest with me because yeah, you know whenever it comes to saying whenever it comes to like saying the weaknesses of a person mm -hmm. not everyone is gonna you know show up and say those and tell those things right so mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. if a person even does it just shows mm -hmm. the character of that person right mm. oh definitely definitely yeah yeah, sorry, go on. And then uh, what else? Uh, yeah, so how would you describe yourself? And and then I think I moved on uh, to ask like really weird questions. Like I said something like, how hygienic would you say you are? And he was like, whoa, you know, what kind of a question is that? And no. you know what? You know what? Let me, let, me be, let me be honest with you. You know, sometimes people have dated for like five years and then they get married or they're ready to settle down and stuff and something like hygiene is a problem and i know this because people have come to me and said to me that my wife is like this or my husband is like well not my wife but my husband is like this or there've been women that have said oh but my son or so and so complains that his wife is like this and so i think it's important for you to even be on the same page for things like this as well and of course you know maybe they won't give 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 a completely honest answer but at least you can gauge where they're at now that i'm married obviously i looking back in hindsight these questions mm. are important you know you might think that they uh, they're weird when you're actually asking the question at the time but when you're actually married to the person and you're living with that person day in day out you realize just how important these kind of questions are uh to mm. really get to know that person yeah yeah because yeah, imagine definitely. you're living with this person day in day out and if you are a really like well i wouldn't say ocd type but if you're quite you know organized you like, proper. yeah mm. and then somebody is like literally 24 7 just messing up things i mean you, there's bound mm -hmm. to be some kind of conflict you know what i mean mm. yeah so i mean by the time i asked about the hygiene i was pretty comfortable so um you know i started asking you know other things as well so um, things like, uh, you know, do you do drugs? Do you smoke? Do you drink? And I had asked in the present, so do you do drugs, smoke and drink? However, I do feel that if I was advising someone now, I would actually say to them, you know, have you done that in the past as well? Because sometimes you can relapse. 
So if the person used to smoke or used to drink, maybe they don't right now when they're having, you know, when they're having the meeting with you. Or, you know, when you say, do you, it could be that, you know, are you doing it right now? And, and that technically wouldn't be a lie. So, you know, you've got to, I think, really just thinking about your question. So I think it's, it's a fair question to ask about the past. Yes, it's none of our business in many ways what our spouse did in the past, especially their sins between Allah. But if it's something that can affect you later on in life, then I think that is fair. Um, yeah. There were, yeah, there were some other um, questions. There was one question that I remember actually that he asked me. This was something that I hadn't asked him, but he asked me, and that was, I think it was a really good question that both sides should ask. And that was, um, are you being forced to have this meeting or is it of your choice? Mm, yeah, and yeah. Why, and, and then I think another thing that he asked me is whilst, uh, whilst we are having this meeting, are, is there anybody else that you're interested in? Like, are you doing this just to make your family happy? That kind of stuff. And, you know, at the time I felt slightly offended, but I think that's because I'm, uh, that's because I'm the kind of person that would like, I didn't ever see myself being forced or being pressurized to do something. But mm. I think in hindsight, again, that was such a good question that he asked. And I think everyone should ask that, both genders, girls and boys, because boys also feel pressured to marry somebody. Um, you know, sometimes they have family members that will say things like, no, I'll, I'll you know, I'm going to cut you off financially if you don't marry this girl. So like, mm. at least that way, then the girl knows that the boy's not interested and then she can reject the proposal and make life easier for him, you know? So I think yeah, it was just such a good question that he asked that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. These yeah. that's something that not not many people think of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a really good question. Um, back to my questions. So then, moving on, I started asking him. Like, I I started to get in quite deep afterwards. So um, I was asking things like, "What makes you angry? Um, what characteristics or habits annoy you?" I don't remember if I asked the pet peeves, but it was on my list. Um, and then there was things like, you know, do you swear? Do you use foul language? Um, uh, then I even moved on to ask things about children. Uh, how do they feel? What, what, what's their ideology on children? You know, should there be children straight after the marriage? Do they believe in birth control? That kind of stuff. And then when I got like extremely comfortable, I asked about what he's looking for in a wife. So, you know, what role do you expect her to play? Um, how do you expect her to dress both at home and in public? Um, you know, in terms of just home, finances, serving the family, uh, you know, how often does she need to meet with your family? Um, what would the living arrangements be? That kind of stuff. Now, in the previous episode, remember I had said to you that one of the things that I was not ready to give up was living with in-laws. Like I yeah. was not interested in living in a joint household. I wanted a separate housing unit. So because of that, um, because of my past, you see the thing is, um, in the past, I had said things that were taken the wrong way, which had then painted me as somebody that's been quite demanding. Um, whereas, I mean, Islamically, there's absolutely nothing wrong with requesting your own space. But I think in our community and in our culture, it's like that, that, that means you're a demanding person. So when I looked back and I reflected on what I had done, I was able to now reframe the way that the mistakes that I had made. And I was able to use that as an opportunity to learn and develop. And then I was able to kind of review and reflect on things I had said in the past. So this time, 
when I spoke to the prospect, I had asked him, what would the living arrangements be? And I think that was so much better. And um, because, yeah. you know, sometimes we word things and we don't mean it that way, but it's perceived the wrong way. So definitely. Um, yeah. So then at this point, he had said to me that, like, you know, oh, no, I'm going to be living separately from day one. And I think that's when I had like a big fat tick, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, OK, um, you know, I like this person and like, OK, this is so cool now. I'm, I'm definitely interested, you know. What so about like, your other um, deal breakers? Did you uh, did you guys both ask about your each other's deal breakers or? I, I I don't think we did. I think until today he has no idea that I had these deal breakers of like never moving out of the country or the city, uh, never marrying the only son. I think I did tell him that yeah I had said that I never want to marry like a sheikh kind of thing, but um the other two I I don't know if we've really ever even discussed that. But I think the thing is, you know how they say never say never? Yeah, yeah. I think in hindsight, those things, I thought they mattered, but they didn't. Mm. Yeah. So sometimes I think, you think something matters. See, um, I also feel like it was your, um, like your good fortune that Allah blessed you with, that, you know, those things didn't play a, a role in conflict later on. You know what I mean? Because had those things been a means of conflict later on in the marriage, you would have probably been like, you know, why didn't I communicate this? Yes, yes. So in fact, I had asked actually that where would I be expected to, to live, you know, because um, I had heard from other family members uh, that, you know, he didn't plan on living in the country that he resides in, that we reside in right now. Um, whereas when I spoke to him and I asked him, he said, no, I'm going to reside in this country. So, I mean, we live in Southern Africa. So he was like, no, we're going to remain in this part of the region and this part of Africa. And, um, you know, that is where I plan to live forever, basically. So I think Can it was I, really good that it was clear. Yeah, yeah, excellent. That's That's really good. But can I just ask, why mm -hmm. is it that... Um, like it's expected for a woman to move to where the man is is it because she is is it because he he's working there and then his income is basically what's going to make the what's going to carry on the stability of the of the household or where does it do you know where this comes from um i think it's just a highly cultural thing i don't think yeah. it has anything to do with finance or anything like that because i mean this part of the world where we're in the economic crisis is crazy along with so many other issues but I think for him it's home and his family is here and I guess I think that that's just something that's a part of our culture and you see like in other cultures um they have this thing where we're going to live where they don't necessarily have to be near family they don't necessarily have to be near the guy's family or the girl's mm -hmm. family they just simply need to be somewhere where they feel that they will be able to live a good life and bring up children and that kind of stuff. Whereas yeah. in our in our community, um, especially amongst like the Indo-Pak Arab uh, cultures, it is that you know you've got to be near the 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 man's family. So, and I don't know. I really don't know. Actually, you know, I was I was actually yeah. discussing this with my friends because I was saying that Subhanallah, you know, a woman when she um you know, gives birth and she technically needs her family support, you know, her, yeah. especially like mm. her mom and all that. And I was just thinking, how is it that a woman ends up, 
you know, with the with the man's family when in reality mm-hmm. she, she he doesn't need his family he can technically you know be on his own but she needs her family for that you know the help when it comes to raising children and i guess people also maybe they um see that their husband's family will be of help but i don't mm-hmm. know for mm-hmm. me personally I, always the case. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i feel like mm-hmm. you know my family would because i would be more comfortable with them um yeah and because yeah. i've known them they've you know they technically raised me they know what i'm like and everything so uh, you know it would be easier to to have that uh, that kind of a help but yeah, yeah. Anyways, it's interesting. but here's the thing right i think ultimately it does depend on the couple right so for example mm. there are couples you know that uh, agree that look um it doesn't matter i don't need to be with my family the guy you know he says that and the the woman's um also equally as ready to you know leave her family and and settle somewhere else so then they f- they find some other place based on a job or based on and so it's important to know before you get married is that what you want you know what i mean and yeah um, yeah, yeah yeah is because then you, you can I, ask yeah look when i when i have like sometimes i do have girls asking me things like this questions like this and i do tell them that you know there is one thing i'm going to tell you Marriage is no walk in the park as it is. But now to move to a country where you have no family, you like seriously, it's going to be tough. Don't think it's not going to be tough. You need to know what you're getting yourself into. You know, I think at the time, I, I, to be honest with you, I don't know what I was thinking. Like I, I, do, I, I sometimes laugh with my friends and my family or like when I'm telling somebody about how, you know, this is what I had said and, you know, look at what I ended up doing and stuff. I, you know, I, I make a joke and I laugh about it and I say, do you know what? Someone needed to be not thinking straight. Otherwise this marriage would like, we never would have gotten married. You know, I was like, you That's know, maybe Allah true. decided, yeah, you know, maybe Allah decided to send a special angel to kind of like veil my brain, but you know, for that part of, you know, uh, for that part of my decision and stuff. But look at the same time, I, I don't regret it either. So yes, it's it's definitely difficult, but at the same time, at, at this moment in time, uh, and even when I reflect back over the past six years, it's not something that I regret. So, and and I know yeah. that you know at the end of the day, Allah had planned it to be this way. So so I I thank Allah for you know uh, making things happen this way because He knew what was best for me. Yeah, you know what's really interesting is because we technically don't know what's best for us we think we know what's best for us but ultimately you know allah knows what's best for us and the situations that he puts us in as we said in the previous episode as well is what builds us ultimately and what will you know um allow us to learn certain lessons so even Mm. for example me if i look back and i'm like uh you know maybe there were certain mistakes that i maybe classed as mistakes that i made Mm -hmm. but then i'm like hang on you know if that hadn't happened that way if allah didn't plan that to happen that way i wouldn't have learned x y and z you know what i mean so that's why it's so important to have that good uh, mindset and good uh, thinking of allah because like we mentioned before you know he knows um ultimately what he's putting you through and why Mm -hmm. yeah you have to think good of allah i think no matter what you're going through in life, um, you have to remember that ultimately Allah is the one in power and you have to know and you have to be able to acknowledge and recognize that whatever is happening, it is for your best. Because I think a lot of times what ends up happening is we end up questioning 
um, Allah and, and that's not healthy at all. Yeah, and that's, yeah. it's quite detrimental. Yeah, definitely. Um, so when did the whole, okay, so sorry, sorry to cut you there. Are you going to say more questions or? Um, I have like, yeah, so, well, I didn't ask this because he had already told me that, you know, um, we're not, go we're, we're not, I, I plan to live, uh, you know, I plan to live together from day, uh, sorry, I plan to live in a separate housing unit from day one. So because he had said that, I didn't need to ask the further questions. But now, because, you know, there was attraction, I was actually going to ask, had he said to me that, you know, if we, you know, I, I do plan to live with my family, then I would have asked more questions. So like, would this be something that's indefinite? Um, or is it something that would be temporary? Um, if we're living together, how would it work? Who else would I be sharing a household with? Um, you know, and I, I, I had all these nitty gritty questions written down, things like what time am I expected to wake up? Um, how How is the domestic work going to be shared out? Like I had all these questions written down. And I think that these kinds of things, when they're discussed in a meeting, it makes things so much easier later on. Because, you know, I, I think back to things that girls tell me, okay? And honestly, so much of it is to do with the house because they're living in a shared house and they never discussed these things from before and they they didn't know how to go about things you know mm. is is the mother-in-law or the sister-in-law or whoever it is are they going to do all the cooking and are you just going to be helping uh, is there going to be a routine are you going to, going to have a timetable where um you know you cook three days a week and i'll cook three days a week or i'll do one day you'll miss a day i think all of these things they need to be discussed in the meeting and I personally feel, look, this, this might be, people may disagree with me, you may disagree with me, but I personally feel that if now um, your prospect has said, no, I do want us to live together, I now feel that the next step should be for you to have a meeting with his family members as well. So like, mm. I would then advise the person to now have a meeting with the mother-in-law and the father-in-law. Ask the mother-in-law, what do you expect from me as a daughter-in-law? I need to know this. I need to know where I am. Like, I'm quite, I want things in black and white because I don't want issues later on kind of thing. So I think okay, it's really you know, good to know where you stand. Yeah, definitely. That is interesting. That is uh, something that I actually never thought of as well. Um, coming to think of it, it's actually very, very useful to have that conversation as well. Um, I wanted to ask you two things. Um, first and foremost, we forgot to mention how you know, writing things down before you actually mm -hmm. ask, uh, before you, before the meeting, uh -huh. it's so important because, you know, when you, when, for example, when you are, um, either when you see the person, like how you mentioned the first meeting, you know, you were kind of shocked. You didn't know like how it was going to go. And then of course mm -hmm. you didn't end up asking what you wanted to in that meeting. So it's important, I guess, for, from your experience as well, isn't it? To write these things mm -hmm. down so that if anything oh, happens, at least you can refer back to the paper. Mm, yeah yeah because, because what it know, is it some get people, awkward or something as well yeah yeah so you're saying but the thing is some people find that you know maybe extra or you know no that's that's unnecessary and then maybe it'll give an off an impression that i'm coming with all these demands and i'm like i i want to know all these nitty-gritties and you know that's the thing what we were discussing in the previous episode is knowing like being confident in and of yourself and having that self-esteem mm. because ultimately mm if you don't clarify certain things before marriage, you mm. there's nothing you can do after you get married and you see that, okay, this was the reality. Yeah, you've got to make it work, exactly. Well, yeah. do you know what? 
Um, at the, I think now that you mention it, I think at the beginning of our second meeting, I had actually told him that, by the way, you know what, I've got a sheet of paper. I, I, I've got some sheets. I think I said I've got sheets of paper for questions or something. And then he said, yes, I do too. So we both had written things down. And I think that, I mean, I mean, if somebody says, if somebody was to make that claim that she came with a sheet of paper, like with, with a long list of questions and that makes her demanding, to be honest with you, it, it doesn't really portray anything bad of you as a person. Let them think that then. Because you know what's interesting? What they if they think that, yeah, and if they think that, that just speaks of their character and that already for yeah. you is things to be noted like oh you know they think that because now i came with a piece of paper because i have certain questions that i sound mm. or too you know too upfront or too um, yeah. bossy or whatever whatever you know and then that's a red flag so you'd rather yes. say assalamu alaikum from then you know and not <laughs> yeah. pursue it further yeah. yeah see the thing is like it's about educating the sisters that you know I know your so. yeah know your um rights and your responsibilities as well um know your worth and, and your value and know your worth and value yeah exactly and your um you know and your boundaries so for example who cares what they think you take mm -hmm. that as okay now they're showing me what their character is like and i can learn mm -hmm. from that mm -hmm. um and then taking that forward decide what you want to mm -hmm. do and also yeah. the second thing i wanted to ask sorry did you want to say something you know, I, then I wanted to say that, and then you saying that, then you can go back to thinking good of Allah. Like, you know, so what if they think that you were sincere, your, your intentions were pure, they mm. were clear, and Allah knows that. So if Allah knows, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that is a really important belief to have across, you know, not only marriage, across all relationships and everything, to know that if you are sincere with Allah, you know, mm -hmm. no matter how you're being portrayed, ultimately mm -hmm. Allah knows it's re recorded with him and your judgment mm -hmm. is going to be with Allah, not with the people. So if mm -hmm. the people want to make labels and say this and say that, you know, you have to then ha say to yourself that, look, ultimately Allah, I'm doing this for you and not for the people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So definitely. that's why if you correct your affairs with Allah, Allah corrects your affairs with the people because then ultimately you don't even like have that you know worry of what other people are going to say and all that yeah uh, and second thing i wanted to ask was you know you said that okay so he said that he wanted to live uh you know in, in a separate place from day one so mm -hmm. did you you said you didn't ask anything else did you um not ask that ha, what has he already made arrangements for that to happen or uh, I actually don't remember asking that. Maybe I had asked later on when we had met in person. I actually can't remember. But in that Skype meeting, I I, I don't remember us discussing that any further. Hmm. Because I think it's yeah. also important for um you know for people to ask further, like oh, yeah. not only just mm. leave it at what he's claiming. No, let's follow yeah, that up true. and see is he actually doing mm. something for it? Like mm. maybe okay, he's yeah. saying that. You know, I, I don't have the money right now, but um, I am going, I'm working and I'm saving up and this is how much maybe I've saved up for yeah. a house yeah. and uh, things like that. Because what it is, is that yeah. we've had cases where people are told that we're going to be living separately from day one. But then mm -hmm. that was just a claim mm -hmm. and that was just, you know, their, their words, but there was no yeah, action to back it up. Mm -hmm. So when, it, when they actually mm -hmm. got married, 
it, mm. nothing was arranged and unfortunately she just had to stay where she didn't want to in the beginning mm. Mm. and I think that husbands don't realize what a huge betrayal that is mm. um and it really does affect your relationship when you've lied about something that big um yeah yeah I think it's something quite serious in fact now that you mention it I didn't ask this but if you know he does say that yes i do plan to live separately from day one i think that you should also ask things like okay um how far like are we going to be living right next door to each other are we going to have access to each other's houses um mm. are we you know am i expected to go there every day are we how, how how are the meals going to be even though we're living separately how do i have to spend my day do i have to spend my day with your family i think now that you've mentioned it these questions do need to be asked mm. you know what's funny is that so many of these things of course we in hindsight we're like oh mm-hmm. we need to we should have asked this and we should have asked that but in reality mm-hmm. like i know for me for example um mm-hmm. i didn't ask any of these questions and mm-hmm. um i was i was young and i was yes i was naive i i did hear stories of uh, you know things mm-hmm. happening with people but in my mind i was like no mine is going to be different you know i'm going to mm-hmm. have an amazing relationship with my in-laws and it's going to be it's going to be different because in my head I was like no those women who are having x y and z issues that's because they themselves are doing x y and z and if I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that then my life will mm-hmm. be different but then mm-hmm. again it comes yeah. down to now I'm just like no in I really should have mm-hmm. you know set the record straight not had mm-hmm. any um you know blind mm-hmm. sights you know what i mean like mm-hmm. sometimes you just so, so I, naive yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah yeah so in that way i feel like i did save myself a lot of headache because when i think about it now back then i was all about i still am i'm all about breaking stereotypes i'm so against this whole like mother-in-law and daughter-in-law thing and yeah today and that's I what i was like as well Mm-hmm. Yeah yeah and today I can confidently say I mean this is going to be in our next episode but today I can confidently say that alhamdulillah uh, subhanallah I get along with every single one of my in-laws and we have a healthy relationship and I think it's because I really do think it's because I set the record straight from day one Yeah definitely definitely that's what it is you know just foregoing that so-called embarrassment that you feel um in the beginning and trust me mm-hmm. in the long term it will do your relationship wonders yeah yeah i think we can talk about that in the next episode because there's a lot to say about how we behave at the beginning of a marriage and then we we reach a point where we're burning out mm. yeah yeah mm. so um sorry carry on uh, if you have any more questions yeah so i think those were mostly uh, a lot of the questions that i had um you know there were things like i had written down things like when if 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 there are what are things that you know you can't forgive for example in a marriage um when do you feel it's appropriate to like seek mediation in a marriage um i had other other questions as well like as a father what would what would what do you feel is your responsibility um you know what's your work do you believe that you have a steady income do you feel that you'd be able to provide what do you feel are your financial responsibilities but these these kinds of things i didn't ask like i never ended up asking because i think i even in fact on my sheet i had even said define mental physical verbal and emotional abuse with examples I actually went through my photo gallery wow. to find the sheet because i feel that that's really important for the opposite person to be able to define that 
Because if you don't know what it is, how do you know you might not be doing it to your wife or your husband? Mm. So, I mean, I didn't ask these questions because by the end of the meeting, I was quite comfortable. Um, I could feel that, you know, he's quite a placid person, uh, quite, I'd say, you know, just just somebody that I am basically looking for. So I didn't go into too much. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Wow, that was that in and of itself, to be honest, is quite detailed, uh, meaning the questions yeah. that you mentioned already. And, yeah, I think um, once you, you can, get into it, once you get into it, you can really just carry on. Yeah, yeah. And like yeah. we spoke about uh, in the pre previous episode of, you know, the woman mm -hmm. knowing her attachment styles and love languages, I think also important to ask the, the prospect yeah. as well. That's, that, yeah. yeah, I think that's important, but I, I didn't do that. Yeah, yeah. You know what's um, also important? So uh, I'll just quickly tell you about what happened with myself. And then now looking back in hindsight, what I feel is also important to discuss. So with mm -hmm. me, I just had um, when, like, of course, the proposal came through my father. And I thought to myself, um, you know, after the whole accident and everything, you know, I should give this a um, a try and see, meaning give the meeting a try and see where it goes. And the thing is that for me, it was my first ever meeting that I've had with someone um, for marriage. Number one. Number two is that I was a teenager. I was literally like 19. And like we said before, you know, that doesn't mean that you're not prepared, but it depends on your life experience. And for me at this point, I didn't have too much exposure to, you know, marriage, to marriage topics and stuff. So, um, yeah. So then after that, I had, I had agreed um uh, but i didn't really have you know so many questions prepared what for me at that time i just had okay you know what are their goals in life cuz like you you know we said about the direction that they want to head in life you know are they are you compatible with each other in that mm -hmm. and uh kind of like what their likes and dislikes are so you know what kind of a person that they are and so would you say that your meeting was quite conventional? So like, was it that it was arranged by family and then you guys met in person and then did you have a third person? Like, how, how did your meeting work? Yeah, so, um, well, in the beginning, uh, my dad was there, but then after a while, I think he stepped back and then just let us continue the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing is that for me, I was just like, you know, I... I didn't know anything about marriage. You know what I mean? I, I actually didn't know like all this information that I only learned afterwards. And um, mm -hmm. like I said, you know, my, my mom was like, oh, you know, you're so young. Like, what are you doing thinking about marriage? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I, I didn't feel that because at that time we thought of marriage as, you know, all um, companionship and love and things like that. So mm -hmm. when it came to like actually the conversation, I pretty much wanted to see how comfortable we were in, you know, talking and that because I assume mm -hmm. that that is will give an indication to the companionship. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, as naive yeah. as this sounds, it still happens like for some people. And that's why I want to, you know, create this awareness that, you know, when you're young, sometimes you don't. And, and, I, and I wasn't told this by anyone, like my parents, they didn't sit me down and say, oh, you know, these are the kind of things to look for. And it was pretty much all because I wanted to. And it was my sort of decision in going mm -hmm. ahead with this. So mm -hmm. I basically. But I didn't in the really future, have... Okay, so I have a question for you. 
so so my parents did like my father actually told me like what kind of things I should ask and things like that right um but you know in the future if you were to have children would you would you have these discussions with them would you would you say to them like yeah okay of that's course. Good. so like I how we're having this yeah, because like mm. how we're having this conversation now, the whole reason I want to have this conversation is because I'm looking back at my uh, when I was getting married and, you know, mm-hmm. how I was so clueless about so many things. And I mm. wish that I had people around me to, you know, tell me, OK, even if, you know, they, di- they didn't agree with me getting married at that age or whatever, I feel like it was still important for them to, you know, say, OK, look if ultimately this is what you want, then I think these are the things that you should look for and, you know, what um, you should kind of ask about and give an idea. Mm, Um, mm. Having said that, I mean, he was family, so I assumed a lot of things. That was another thing, you know what I mean? So for Mm, you, for example, mm. it was a stranger, so maybe you were wanting to ask all these things, whereas for me, a lot of it I also assumed, you know what I mean? Mm. So that was my mistake as well. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, the meeting was pretty much, I think it was about half an hour or, yeah, something like that. And we and pretty was much it the only to... meeting? Yes. And it was the oh. only meeting. <laughs> oh, wow. I know. So you didn't converse afterwards, like, through your father or anything? Like, didn't you have any questions you wanted to ask later on where you felt like, okay, I need to know this or I need to know that? See, the thing is, because, like I said, it was family there were mm-hmm. a lot of assumptions I think pretty much on both sides oh, and also okay. you know um, my like my dad had you know told me a few things as well um, mm. in terms of for example living arrangements and and so from that I didn't clarify with him I just assumed which is oh okay you know looking back in hindsight I guess these are the lessons that mm. you learn um mm-hmm. So yeah, in this in this conversation, we just pretty much spoke about, you know, likes and dislikes. But even then, it wasn't like the actual likes and dislikes that are going to affect the marriage. You know what I mean? It was just mm-hmm. likes and dislikes. Like, oh, what do you like? Like, you know, um, for example, if you like traveling or if you like, you know, I don't know, if you like yeah. sweets, if you have a sweet mm-hmm. tooth or something like that. It was just, you know, really mm-hmm. um, basic things and then the rest of the conversation was just asking because he was in university and stuff um so you know asking about life there so would you okay so would you say that in hindsight that it's important that you ask questions beyond their favorite color and you know what their favorite food is definitely that's why Mm. i keep stressing the point that no matter how awkward or you know embarrassing you might feel like oh I'm going in with all these questions and everything trust Mm. me it will do your relationship in the future wonders like you will look back and be so happy that you know you ask certain things of course not I mean ultimately that doesn't mean it's going to eliminate all conflict in marriage no but it will mean that it's easier to navigate around you know what I mean yes yes I, I actually agree with you because I did go in very deep um, but that's not to say that, you know, we haven't been through hurdles. We have. But I feel mm-hmm. it's definitely been easier to navigate through our issues because we knew we had discussed so much beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I guess uh, that is pretty much what how the meeting went. And thereafter, so how I soon did. After, how soon after yeah. did you get married? Did you make istikhara? How did it work? 
Yeah, so um, basically after that meeting, um, I kind of, I, I, I kind of like was, you know, okay, maybe because like I told you, I assume that the way that the conversation was flowing, I mean, it does play a, a role in telling you how, you know, how like compatible you are for a conversation, you know what I mean? So mm. bearing on that, I thought, oh, maybe we are, you know, compatible because one thing is that we had similar goals. So, um, you know, he was very like um, re religiously inclined his goals and what he wanted to do. And also I wanted to do that. And um, I, I thought, you know what, this is great because if you're working towards the same thing, then ultimately, mm. you know, if you have differences in between, it's kind of like you know you'll kind of be able to work through that because you're working towards the same thing mm -hmm. so yeah and then after that I did um istikhara because at this point it was like um my dad was you know ready to um meaning depending on if I was ready he was ready to you know uh, take care of the nikah side and everything but my mom's side of course you know they were like they were still very um like skeptical of the fact that you know I'm so young and I'm going into this and um mm. yeah and so I did istikhara and I and I remember that I would just literally be waking up for tahajjud every nearly every night and just making dua to Allah to you know to either because obviously istikhara is you know that facilitation to make that easy mm. Or mm -hmm. if you take it away, then some obstacle or something will happen and it just won't work out, right? Ultimately, mm -hmm. that is what istikhara is. So that mm -hmm. is what I just kept asking Allah, you know, and also mm -hmm. asking him to just change my heart if it wasn't the if it wasn't the right um the mm -hmm. right thing, which is in the istikhara yeah. dua as well. Should we make it clear to the viewers that it's not necessary for you to see a dream when you make istikhara? Oh yeah, definitely. Um I think maybe they might know at this point because it's been quite, you know, quite explicit. A lot of people are, you know, creating that awareness that it's not a dream. Um, it doesn't necessarily even have to be a feeling, although at times mm. it can be a feeling, but at times you can just be left like in confused. But then see, the thing with istikhara is that you make the istikhara, right? And mm. then you take active steps towards what you think is best right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and if in that instance you face mm -hmm. a blockage or you face an obstacle and then you know for example some people you know they might do istikhara and then they might take the steps to you know get married but then they realize that oh some new um, red flags are coming up and the family oh. is saying this this and this well then mm -hmm. don't don't uh, you know take that lightly that is mm -hmm. actually signs from your istikhara and you should actually take that into consideration because mm, see, what mm. happens is some people, they're like, oh, you know, well, we prayed istikhara and we went into it, so it must be okay. No, but then there might have been red flags which you ignored and, mm. you know, that you didn't take that into account. So, And um, I, think, I yeah. think that you can definitely gauge whether or not a family is interfering when it comes to things like planning the wedding and things like that before they get married. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely. If you know, if you find, for example, um, interference, like you mentioned, or even, for example, the guy, you know, gives mixed signals. So, like, 
you know, one day he's like really interested and the next he's like, oh, I think we should wait another six months or whatever without any giving any yeah. reasons and stuff like that. Yeah. Like there are a lot yeah. of red flags uh, that, you, you know, you can spot from like mm -hmm. just being it being in it with an open mind see the thing is some some people what they think is that oh you know well if it's not so clear and if it's not something mm. that's so clear then mm. you know how can that be a red flag but even the mm -hmm. most subtle of things that's why your mind has mm -hmm. to be really like switched on at this point and you can't mm -hmm. be like overcome because some people they are overcome with love and everything and that's where you know the whole dating thing a lot of the mm. time it doesn't work because then you just you blind blinded with love and uh, infatuation over this person and then you just ignore literally all the red flags yeah yeah mm. i think that's so yeah. true yeah i think that when you're dating you're in so deep uh you're in you know people claim that they're in love but we, we well we don't really know it could just be lost um that they do they do miss out all the red flags you know, how mm. they behave when they're angry, how they treat them when they're upset, um, you know, how often are they distant with them? Do they ignore them when they're upset with them? The lack of communication um, or like even things like how they are with their family, with their mum, their dad, their siblings. Yeah, you know, looking back in hindsight. Have. Yeah, um, I just want to touch up on things that I now when looking back in hindsight, what I wish that I had also asked so many of the questions that you had mentioned, I wish that I had asked that. And also, mm. um, you know, things like, for example, um, how, like, what things do they, do they feel like they need to work on? So what are they, what, mm -hmm. in other words, what are their weaknesses? Um, how do you want to improve as a person? Yeah. How, yeah. That's a better way of asking. How do you feel like you want to improve as a person? Um, mm. So then you can know that, okay, you know, and also the expectations, I think you also touched upon it, the expectations of the the roles uh, within the family, mm. within the marriage, right? Mm. Do you mm. expect me to, um, you know, be cooking a meal every day, like you had mentioned? Mm. Mm. And also mm. upbringing of children. I mean, at this point, mm. it's kind of, you, feel, you might feel like, oh, it's a bit counterproductive. You know, we're just in the beginning and we're already talking about children and everything. But trust me, mm. it's, it'll give you a good idea of the whole marriage. You, as yeah, a whole. you have to know this. Yeah. 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 So yeah. like, for example, you know, you know, people, they have conflicts in marriage because of the different parental styles. Like they themselves mm. as a couple might get on, but... They have so different parental styles. Like one is all about, you know, discipline and teaching. The children must learn the hard way and, you know, meaning they must learn mm. their lessons on their own and stand up on their own two feet. And the other one's like mm. all about, you know, molly cuddling them and like, you know, spoon feeding them. And and so it brings out about such, um, you know, big conflict in the marriage. Actually, you're right, because uh, there are so many couples, they got along so well whilst they were dating or even if it was an arranged marriage for that first year or the first 18 months two years however many years and then after they had a child they'll say things like i thought a child was supposed to make you closer as a couple mm. but instead it it's made us grow further apart and yeah. you know uh, you know may allah protect but some some couples they have actually ended up divorcing because of parenting styles and things so i think that mm. you're right it's so important to discuss these things um, in and you know meeting. maybe yeah and it may be an indication to that is asking them about 
their parents and how they how he was raised basically you know yes. was he yes. always given whatever he wanted or did his uh, parents leave him to do you know a, leave him to do and learn he on his own um mm. and also so that's parental upbringing and also the parental mm. relationship between the, his parent so for example mm-hmm. you know how their mom and dad behaves do or, things or, yeah or do things yeah so like that would give you a real indication of you know what his subconscious actually has even though maybe he might disagree in 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 you know talking but subconsciously it is there you know what i mean definitely i agree i think that's so so important to know what kind of a relationship their parents have um and and how they feel about their relationship um because like you said it's their subconscious you know sometimes they say one thing but and even we do sometimes we say one thing but then later on it brings it out in us you know how our childhood was like we discussed that in the previous episode these things they will come about in your marriage so it's really important that you do discuss them yeah definitely um and also sorry you were saying (laughs) oh no i just to make clear Mm yeah to make clear is that you know whatever for example whatever you are given the information right and Mm -hmm. also what you can gauge from what's been given Mm -hmm. so remember there's Mm -hmm. one thing about being given some information um Mm -hmm. and taking that at face value and then there's another Mm -hmm. thing of take that information but reflect Mm -hmm. on it think over it you know really look into it deeply you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. um with the information that you've got uh, mm-hmm. You know, let's be clear to not have this assumption that, oh, um, you know, this person is like this, but it doesn't matter. You know, they have so many other like good qualities and, you know, this, uh, I'm sure I'll be able to overlook this. You know what I mean? Like, okay. yeah. So this- how did you know, um, Abdurrahman, how did you know that you were interested in marrying this guy? Was there a certain like, what made you decide that, you know what, I want to marry this person? Like I said, um, because our goals were so aligned, right? So it was the and goals. Goals aligned. And also, um, um, you know, the way that we were able to have a conversation that flowed. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and I, I have to admit that it was also a lot of assumption that I made as well. You know what I mean? In terms mm-hmm. of um, how he was like based on, for example, um, maybe what my father had told me or you know you know what I mean like mm-hmm, also mm-hmm, you know how they mm-hmm. say do your research and find out from other people so mm-hmm, based mm-hmm. on that as well uh, okay. and so yeah and also then what happened was with the istikhara is that um you know I kind of went with what I wanted so at this point I was like okay um you know I think that I'll go forward with this Bearing Mm -hmm. in mind, for me, it was my first meeting, right? I hadn't met anyone previously. And I knew Mm -hmm. at the back of my head that there is a possibility that, Mm -hmm. you know, I could find somebody else. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, my my family did say, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's the only one that's, you know, compatible with you or you feel that it's compatible with you. But then I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, after all the accident stuff happened and I was like, you know what, do I really want to spend more of my time looking for other people? Or if I found this one and it's pretty much like, you know, 
I feel compatible and so why not just go with this and see where that ends up and see yeah. when I was younger I um I automatically like thought that if things don't work out then you know I'll be young and I can still find someone else you know what I mean and mm -hmm. that's the reality mm -hmm. of you know how sometimes mm -hmm. we think when we're younger mm -hmm. um so yeah I, after the istikhara and that and here's the thing so I said that my my mom and them were like oh you know you're so young etc but after the istikhara and it was like I was starting to you know think of it more seriously and pursue it my mom actually you know turned around and said and this was quite some months after she was like oh you know well if this is what you want then you know it's your life and your decision and you know you can like you're free to make that decision which i found mm -hmm. was really like that was a turning point for me because up until this point she was like you know oh i think you're too young you know you're just rushing into it and all that and after doing the istikhara remember i yes i did um you know discuss it with my with my family but i kept getting that rejection from them you know what i mean in a sense that they kept telling mm -hmm. me that no you know this is not a good idea but then mm -hmm. this breakthrough happened and my mom was like okay you know if that's what you want then that's what you want and mm -hmm. instantly i took this as you know this is a positive from the istikhara and i just wanted to go ahead with it and the thing is mm -hmm. at that time he was um he was finishing off his bachelor's um in the at the university and he was now at a point where deciding should i come home um mm. or finish my studies and come home or should i continue on for the next couple of years doing my masters so did you have do you have did you have quite a long engagement period then like from from, yeah, uh, from when you had decided that you you know you're interested in getting married to the actual wedding was there quite a lot of time yeah well there there were a couple of months mm -hmm. um because like i said i was kind of waiting on you know on what my family mm -hmm. would uh, would agree on mm -hmm. not to say mm -hmm. that you know if they were hell bent against it that i would wouldn't have pursued it i would probably still have pursued it because like i told you if there was um you know really no good in this then allah would mm -hmm. have prevented it in some way shape or form other than that mm -hmm. you know what i mean mm -hmm. so uh, yeah so for me i felt like um I was kind of oh yeah and I did at this point I didn't even I wasn't even ready in a sense that I to to agree with my with my parents in a sense that I I wasn't ready I didn't know how to cook um not that you need to know how to cook but looking back in so hindsight I have a question, for you. I have a question for you did your now husband did he ask you in your meeting if you knew how to cook or like were there any questions that he asked that girls should are there any questions that men will ask that girls should be prepared for mm, well see the thing is not really a wise idea to ask me because like i said i was so we the our okay. meeting wasn't even like you know how yours mm -hmm. was mashallah but mm -hmm. having said that i myself from my own self told him that mm -hmm. look i don't know how to cook um mm -hmm. my family think i'm too young to get married and mm -hmm. so i you know i put that out there because i don't want mm -hmm. it to be said to me tomorrow that you know you mm -hmm. uh didn't know don't know how to cook and this and that you know what i mean mm -hmm. um to which he responded when i said that i don't know how to cook he was like oh you know that's that's fine because um you know cooking you can always learn it's something that it's a skill that you can acquire later as well mm -hmm. yeah which uh looking back i feel like 
I personally, I should have learned, you know, properly at least to do um, a few dishes because what happens is later on, you don't know, you know, what where life can lead you and, you know, what your situation or, you know, surrounding or environment might be like. And then you just need that skill for yourself. I think, you know, some women are just like, basic, some girls. Yeah. yeah. I think with cooking, it's a basic life skill that both genders should have. Yeah, you know? yeah. But see, the thing is that, mm -hmm. What was interesting is that at the time, um, mm -hmm. I, I kind of assumed that maybe he would help me with the cooking and that. Because remember, uh, for me, I was like, oh, you know, um, the Prophet ﷺ helped in the house. And, you know, this this um, person, he knows like, ha he knows the hadith and that, you know what I mean? So I was yeah, like... Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh yeah, I'm sure he'll be helping me, you know. But looking looking back in hindsight, that's definitely something that you know I should have asked, and um, mm. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, so we mentioned how you know we should be clear that we can't, um, you know, look to change that person. So if there are certain yeah. things that a person is telling us, you know, instead of saying oh but you know i really like this guy he looks uh you know so he looks a certain way that's appealing to me and instead of thinking that really take it for what it is mm, 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 definitely yeah. uh now going back to you so how did you ultimately know and that he was the one i think like how you mentioned you know similar goals um there was a lot of compatibility um, what they wanted to achieve from life. It was similar to what I wanted to achieve. Um, the conversation flowed. Um, definitely, there has to be some attractiveness. Um, you should, you know, I, did I do think that he uh, cracked a joke or two, which I did find quite hilarious. So, I mean, a sense of humor, definitely for me. Um, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was a whole load of things. But I think the two things that really made me decide were like the fact that I'm going to be living alone in my own housing uh, uh, housing unit. And the second was, I was so shocked that he didn't ask me if I know how to cook. And so then I questioned it. I said, you know, most guys, they always ask their prospect if she knows how to cook. So like, why didn't you, um, you know, ask me? And like I just loved his answer and I think I think for that I was like okay I definitely want to now make a plan to meet in person because uh, you know I was really impressed with the answer so I don't remember what he said word for word but he had said something like I don't want look uh, he said something like I don't want um the, uh, my prospect to feel that life marriage is all about cooking and cleaning and um basically serving each other in that way there are many other ways that you know you serve each other in regards to like companionship and that kind of stuff so mm -hmm. I think I was just so impressed with that answer I think it was like men don't give answers like that so I was yeah. like okay this is my needle in the haystack so I'm um, like bismillah let's see now let's take the next step um for yeah. him I don't know what it was yeah so did you do isikhara after this Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did. And the funny thing is, I've actually, I actually do istikhara a lot. And mm. the weirdest thing about this specific istikhara is that I actually had a dream. And <laughs> the thing is, like, I'm, I'm, I'm totally like one of those people that know istikhara does not mean you're going to have a dream and things like that. But 
you know, sometimes in those small cases, you do have a dream. And it was actually a really funny dream where there were two uncles. So I was at my nan's house and there were two of my uncles and one of my uncles was like dead against it. And the other uncle was like, no, you know, rooting for me. And I woke up, I woke up all of a sudden and the last, the latter part of the dream was the uncle that was saying, go for it. And I think for me, that was my sign to take the next step. And for me, that was a miracle from Allah, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And then that's when I was like decided that, you know, I do want to take the next step. So bismillah. Mm. Yeah. So inshallah, in the next episode, we will discuss um, basically from here, how it then transpired into marriage. And uh, yeah, and then inshallah, going to, you know, the beginning of marriage. But we'll have to call it a day for, for now. Um, it was really, really insightful. And um, I learned a lot. And I'm sure, you know, the viewers and the sisters out there have learned a lot as well. Um, and yeah, any final words before we wrap up? I think, you know, for me, now that I'm reflecting back on everything that we discussed today, I think that I think to have tawakkul, if, if someone is at this stage of their life, I think definitely to just have tawakkul and to really study the meaning of what tawakkul is. Because I feel that, you know, when you have a healthy mindset and you, like you said, you have husnudhan, you think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you, things will become easy for you and Allah will pave a way for you that's going to be a lot easier, inshallah. Mm, definitely. And I would mm. say that, you know, no matter what you've heard from other people, at the end of the day, this is now your chapter to write. And mm -hmm. you can either go in it making the same mistakes that others are, or you can now choose, you know, to learn from those mistakes and, mm -hmm. you know, pave your own path going forward. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then would you say that it's important as well for the viewers to understand that so sometimes you will make mistakes, but you need to reflect on those and you need to review those mistakes and then you need to reframe everything and use it as an opportunity to learn and develop definitely definitely yeah uh with that said inshallah i will see you on the next episode uh jazakallah khair for joining and uh take care assalamu alaikum if you enjoyed the podcast don't forget to head over to our instagram page at real muslima talk and join the conversation